Welcome to the Thrill of Driving podcast and this week we have the boss of Volkswagen Motorsport in India Suresh Bhai sir Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being on our podcast. Uh, is it still Volkswagen Motorsport or is it Skoda Volkswagen Motorsport? No, no, it is still Volkswagen Motorsport. So you're still running the Volkswagen Motorsport operations here in Pune? Yes, we are. And it is a decade that y'all have been in India, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it's been a decade, but yes, it has been. We've completed ten years uh, at the end of 2019. And ten years as the only factory motorsport operation in the country still. Yes unfortunately unfortunately so we'll come back to that as to what your frustrations are and the frustrations <laughs> with other manufacturers let's start with Volkswagen Motorsports journey in India you all obviously started off with the Polo right. uh, with the diesel engine yes. then you moved to the petrol engine then the Vento then the Emio and now it is coming a full circle back to the Polo yes back to the Polo and uh, the the new race car is going to be unveiled at the Auto Expo uh in what is it about maybe a just a week yeah, yeah just yeah, a week yeah, yeah. Uh, why back to the polo well um i in a way it, it is for two reasons uh the first being that you know we wanted to start the second second decade with something that was familiar mm-hmm. uh and also the the other reason being the technical reason which is the fact that um we've sort of evolved the program from having a car that was really on edge with the with the polo when we started to then going to the vento which was easy for some newcomers to get comfortable with then we made a lot of progress in terms of chassis side of it when we went to the amio uh because we got the amio to have the characteristics of the both the the, the vento which was very easy for somebody to get mm-hmm. comfortable with but still somewhat on edge uh for the more experienced drivers and so when we started the new decade we said okay it makes sense to go back to the most dynamic car we have mm. uh which is the biggest action model we have mm. which is the polo and um so now we've actually started working on the suspension and chassis setup and everything and we should be doing a lot more testing with it we will be as soon as we are done with auto expo so you're moving back to the polo the specs of the car remain sort of similar to the emio cup that we've seen for the past 2 3 years well um it's something i really can't talk about okay. uh, mm-hmm. just because we are unveiling the car sure. in a week's time but uh, i can tell you this much uh, it is going to be a lot more fun to drive than the emio how much okay what is your prediction for the lap time how much is it going to go to, going to drop down by because uh, every car has to get quicker right there's true, no option true. to that uh, it, it is going to be quicker yeah. um how quick it's going to be actually depends on a combination of factors mm-hmm. uh, we've been working with mrf on a new set of tires okay and uh, because we haven't had a chance to actually do a lot of running with the mm-hmm. car we don't know yet mm-hmm. in terms of the how i would say predictable the lap time and the car is you going to use the tires mm-hmm. over a long run so that's what we are going to be working on uh, once we have that sorted out then i'll be able to tell you so give me about 2 weeks time and i'll have a better answer for you cool so sirish you've been more or less involved right from the start of Volkswagen Motorsports project right. in India. You've seen the evolution. Uh, earlier, the cars used to come almost ready-made from Germany, and sort of assembly used to happen in India. How much has that progressed? What all do you do here in Pune at your factory in Chakan? See, that is that that I think is the the biggest step we've made, mm-hmm. right? uh like you said um it, the initial batch of cars all came from germany mm. then uh, when we moved from the tdi to the tsi all the parts came from germany and actually some of the uh, the the technicians and engineers came over 
they supervised the complete build of the car all of the development was done there mm-hmm. right but when we when i sort of came in and took over 2014 beginning of 2014 6 years now mm-hmm. uh, we sort of i set myself a task mm-hmm. that we need to to make the program sustainable okay. i couldn't afford to spend um crazy amount of money to get uh, all the development done in germany so we had to look at other ways we could do it so the vento was the, the sort of the first step where we did all the chassis work here mm-hmm. and we carried over the drivetrain and the electronics by chassis there. work do you want to elaborate on it so uh with the vento that was the first car in fact that we had a welded in roll cage okay and all of the prep work on the chassis was done here so mm-hmm. we did all the pipe bending we did all the setup of the roll cage welded it in and after we had all of this done we actually had to fine tune and set the suspension mm. in terms of your spring rates your damping everything here mm. so all of that work we did here which is the first car that we did mm. and um, we did i think probably a better job uh, in a way than what the guys from my colleagues from germany did mm-hmm. because uh, dieter who's normally a test driver for mm. all of the motorsport cars that come out of hanover mm-hmm. he's an ex rally driver mm. right so his approach to driving on a track also is like he would approach a tarmac stage mm. so he comes in throws the car in so it's phenomenal to drive but it's a handful for the mm. average guy mm. whereas when we set it up we sort of took into account that most of the drivers don't have the skill set of a detailed dipping mm. so we set it up to be more manageable which is what the big step was that we had in terms of the way the cars were uh and i think that was a good way forward for us because we had also evolved as a championship mm. going from having everybody coming from karting mm. to having complete newcomers come to the championship so that was the first step so we did all of this uh chassis setup here mm. so we did uh, we did a lot of testing with the car where we had to go back and redo the spring rates redo our anti roll bars mm. redo what dampers we use what the guys who are responsible for the final handling setup of the car it's a combination of us so okay. uh, i get involved mm-hmm. because i still i am a race engineer at heart mm-hmm. um so i get involved but i've got uh, at the moment i've got manush who's one of my race engineers manush vishnu and i've got two young ladies who work also with me uh, gunjan and akriti okay so this team are the ones keep people responsible for all of this but i am always there as a mentor sort of to mm-hmm. guide them in mm-hmm. the right direction because obviously i mean we are trying to do this in a very short time frame mm-hmm. we don't have the luxury of having a year of testing mm-hmm. so i get i get involved with it just to sort of fine tune mm-hmm. it and point them in the right direction but these are the guys that are doing the hard work mm-hmm. and in terms of the drivers who are the ones who are setting up the car so what we try and do is like you know for us we keep talking about how our program is to develop talent and mm. find talent mm. so what we do actually is we take our ex champions mm-hmm. and put them in to this driver development driver role uh, karthik was very instrumental for example when we first came and we we were partnered with mrf mm. we had a lot of tire development to do mm. so we evaluating multiple compounds multiple uh, i would say uh, construction all of this stuff and all of it is very difficult i mean you have to have, have to have a very very sensitive mm-hmm. uh as uh, hans stuck would say popometer okay mm-hmm. to be able to feel what these tires mm-hmm. are doing mm-hmm. and so karthik does a phenomenal job of course we have raymond banerji multiple mm-hmm. multiple national champion uh 
and then we've got the rest of them also. We've got your Ishan and Anindit and all of them that have come through the series that e- end up doing all this development work with us. Mm. Um, so it works both ways. So mm. one way is it gives them seat time. Mm. For us, it's great because now we are t- not only teaching them about being a race car driver, but we're teaching them about being a, a, a development driver, mm. which mm. is a completely different level. And so we use these guys and they are they, they are the ones responsible for making the cars as good as they are today. So we were talking about the Vento mm-hmm. and how you develop the Vento over time. Um, you talked about the chassis setup. What about the engines and transmission for it? So for the Vento, we basically carried over what was already done for mm-hmm. the Polo TSI. Mm-hmm. The Amio was where we did the entire thing here. So uh, we changed over to the the 1.8 turbo from the GTI. Yeah. So the issue then was that first of all that engine wasn't available in our assembly line over here. Okay. So we had to import all the engines. But the the the, the feather in the cap for the entire team is that I think we went from having a concept mm-hmm. of what we would do mm-hmm. with the Amio Cup car in I think probably in November. Mm-hmm. which is when we got the sign-off from the board, to by the end of March, we actually had, uh, I think, four prototypes ready, and we had done about 10,000 kilometers of uh, track testing with the cars. And from March then till May, we had we went from having four cars to having 25 race cars ready. So that is like an accelerated development program. Yes, yes. Uh, within your Volkswagen Motorsport universe, has there been another example of uh, a team ramping up so quickly with a new car? I think probably the the, the, the only example would be the IDR. Mm-hmm. Because the IDR, I think they did it in about 120 days from mm. concept to having the car ready for Pike Speed. Mm. But the difference is that, you know, in Germany, you've got lots of people mm. that have a tremendous amount of motorsport experience. Mm. Whereas in India we still don't have professional motorsport. Mm. So you can't pull from this, you know, pool of motorsport, experienced motorsport mm. engineers, designers, and so on to be able to do something like that. Mm. So my guys, all of whom started their careers in motorsport with us, and uh, some of them, that's the first time they've been involved in motorsport. Mm. Uh, fortunately, you know, we've, get, we've gotten a lot of them to come out of, uh, you know, the student design program, design mm-hmm. projects like your Formula uh, Bharat and Formula the Baha uh, SAE and, and Baha and all this stuff, right? So we look for that because mm-hmm. that's when I get engineers who have a little bit of hands-on mm-hmm. experience. But we have all these newcomers without motorsport experience mm-hmm. to come and put together the entire car. So for the Amio, we did uh, all of the mapping on the engine. Uh, we had to fit in the sequential gearbox. So that it, in itself, just designing all of that for it, packaging to fit mm, everything mm, in the car was mm. a challenge. Very tight. I think we've got a, probably three mil on one side and about eight mil on the other side between the chassis rails to fit mm. the whole thing in. Mm. So that was a challenge. Then uh, when you start looking at the other side, which is the control side of it, you know, all of the wiring harness we did and manufactured in Pune. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did... Um, the setup of all the electronics. We had to set the, uh, the 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 paddle shift and the actuator up to do the gear changes. Mm. And then once all of this was ready, of course, we had to go test and then we had to set the launch control up mm. because uh, while, you know, it's a fantastic setup with the paddle shift and the 
the, the turbo engine and all of this, how do we make this so that a complete newcomer can get comfortable mm-hmm. in it? And the other step was how do we make the car more robust, more reliable, so that we don't have a nightmare in terms of maintenance. Mm. So we had to design the launch so that anybody could launch it without having to wear out the clutch or slip mm. the clutch and so on. Because unlike everybody else, you know, normally when you guys all were doing rallying or anything else, you've got two or three technicians mm. that are there per car. Mm. I run the program with less than a half a technician per car. Mm. So I can't. I have to have everything absolutely bulletproof. Mm. And I think probably some of my Lamo experience counts there. But So we did all of this and we did it here. And I'm really proud of what we achieved because three years we ran the car. Um, I think the only failure we had was the, the one turbo on the one of the test cars. Mm. And that failed on, at the I think beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. So after two years, after all the testing, we did two complete years of using it to do taxi rides, everything. And then we had a failure. And mm-hmm. that's the turbo we were playing around doing some anti-lag and mm-hmm. all this other stuff mm-hmm. with. Uh, other than that, I think we had one gearbox oil seal fail. That's it. Mm-hmm. That was, those were the only two problems we had. So that also showcases the reliability of your road engines, right? Because Absolutely. the 1.8 is a road engine. Yes. It's not a pure untouched, play motorsport engine, untouched, right? yeah. So that is what they say, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yes. Does that work in India? Um, I think it does to a certain extent mm. because... Uh, if you look at the Polo, mm. there is still a lot of demand for the Polo uh, GT. Yeah. So I think it still does to a certain extent. But uh, probably I think the the market in India is sort of evolving to the mm. point where it will make more of a difference now. Mm-hmm. Because we are, we are transitioning away from having, looking at cars as just basic A to B transport to now being an extension of your personality, mm, right? Mm. That's when all of this makes a difference mm, because mm. people want something that reflects their character. And mm. anybody who is looking at something sporty that wants something more fun to drive, of course, the obvious choice is a mm, polo. Mm. Uh, with your Amio Cup program, which mm. you're now transiting to transitioning to the Polo Cup program, uh, how many engineers do you have working on this? In total, how big is the Volkswagen Motorsport team? The entire team is, I think we are down to now 27 or 28 people. Okay. And at your heyday, you all were how many? Uh, we used to have, I think, close to 50 people when we were running the Cup Series initially. So is that a reflection of the times that you were in where budgets are cut everywhere? For sure. I mean, you know, it makes sense. I mean, when we started, mm. when we were launching Volkswagen mm. brand in mm. India, uh, there was a lot more money to play with. Mm. And uh, then as we've sort of evolved, we've had to be more and more lean. Mm. And uh, we always challenged ourselves more because when we started also, we only ran the cup and nothing Mm. else. Mm. Today we have the cup series, we are running the ITC program, we are doing uh, the rally program Mm. and we are doing other development work. Mm. So we're doing a lot more with a lot less. Uh, But you have to remember, when I say 29 people, it isn't 29 engineers and uh, working only on the engineering side, right? Mm. So the same people, the 29, the team of 29 includes two truck drivers, Mm. includes two people who handle all of my parts and logistics. It includes people who do sponsorship marketing, my social media, my communications, Mm. and 
also run the cars. So mm-hmm. actually, in terms of technicians, or in terms of the guys working physically on the cars, I've probably got, I think, uh, eight plus two, about 10 people. Mm-hmm. Then I've got, uh, like I said, about five, uh, four race engineers that are with me, or engineers that mm-hmm. are with me to mm-hmm. do all of this. I've got one uh, young designer who's with me to do all the detail part design side of it. And then, of course, I've got my management team to manage the workshop, manage mm-hmm. the team. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty small outfit. Yeah, but you're managing. Oh, of course. And especially in this day when Volkswagen Group have scaled down their motorsport activities all across the world. In fact, recently they said they would <clears> not <throat> do any racing with internal combustion engines. Right. How do you uh, sort of sideline that global diktat? Well, uh, one advantage is that we've been completely self-reliant, mm-hmm. right? So none of our budget comes from Germany, okay. um, from Volkswagen Motorsport Germany. Mm. So they have a task mm. because uh, in Germany and globally, for sure, Volkswagen is changing as a company. Yeah. The focus is on e-mobility. So to support the e-mobility aspects of that, the motorsport program also has evolved to mm. go e-mobility. Mm. Um, and so that's what they are doing. Mm. However, we've been completely self-sufficient. So our goal here is to create and uh, make sure that the brand resonates with our target audience. Mm. So one of the things that, you know, we always talk about Volkswagen DNA and which is that, you know, we are our build quality, our fun to driveness and of course safety. Mm. And for us, the motorsport, whether it's rallying or racing, that's the best way to showcase these qualities. Mm. Mm. And so we still do that. We focus on that. And as we evolve in India to do other things, mm. we would be ready in terms of motorsport as well. We've always been the trendsetter, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Because when we launched the program in 2010, the perception was that diesel engines are only for taxis. True, yeah. We sort of proved that, no, diesels uh, are fun. Are you allowed to talk about diesel? Of course. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it's part of our record, right? Yeah, it's yeah. what we've done, yeah. right? So what's happened after that is a separate story. Yeah. So, so after that, we can't talk about it. We diesel. can't talk about it. But no, I mean, look, it, it, reality is we started with the diesel. Yeah. We, we, we yeah. used the program to showcase that diesels are fun yes. and they're not just slow. Yeah. And then we also talked about DSG, right? And we used the program to showcase our DSG, yeah. DSG technology. And we ran the gearboxes for five years. And all we did was do a, a oil change and a filter change at mm. the end of every season. Mm. Mm. Um, of course, the, the one talking point that stayed consistent from 2012 till date mm. is TSI. Yeah. And this is sort of the heart of Volkswagen. Yes. Yeah. And that is something we are super yeah. proud of. And especially now that all other manufacturers are jumping on the turbo petrol bandwagon yeah. with small turbo petrols, with the Hyundai Motor Group, with Hyundai Kia, right. they're making a big play with turbo petrols and you all have had it in your history for very long. For sure. Obviously now at the Auto Expo, we'll see the new turbo petrol, the one litre yes. TSI yes. that will be there in the Polo. I'm sure yeah. you can't talk about it, but everybody knows that the smaller TSI is coming because of the BS6 emission norms. Definitely. And yeah. I'm sure that will also find a place in motorsport because everything that you'll make, you all are racing or rallying it in some form of the other. Yeah. So, uh, we, in fact, uh, we know we will be, we've already started working on the one litre TSI and uh, because that is our mainstream engine for India. And so and we, that will be made also in India. So it'll be yes. even more India specific. For sure. For yeah. sure. And, and, and the best part is it's more accessible for us. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's what we look at. Yeah. And we, yeah. we, if we are making engines here, it's yeah. great because yeah. then I can go and get parts. Yeah. Um, so we are looking at that. We've actually started doing a lot of work with a one liter TSI. 
in terms of using it for motorsport use mm. uh, because there is always a lead time for us from the time we start work to the point where we are happy and we can hand it off to mm. a customer mm. so we've already started work on that we've been working on it now for about a month and a half mm. um, so that's ongoing and uh, we will hopefully have it in for ready for rallying in the next two or two and a half months so, so do i get a car from you sirish Well, let's work on it. You're on camera, so yes or no. <laughs> See, that's why it's a maybe. <laughs> so that is on the racing front. Yeah. Uh, you also do the ITC. Uh, last year, you launched the Vento with the turbo petrol engine. Right. The first race, y'all were y'all creamed everybody. Yeah. What happened after that? Why did you not win the championship? Look, we won the championship. Okay. We won the championship. We didn't expect to win the championship yeah. and I think we lucked into it. Mm. But we did win the championship. But um for us, you know, honestly, yeah, like I said, you know, we have a tiny team. Mm. So our bread and butter is the single make championship. Mm. And every time we have work to do with that, everything else stops. Mm. So ideally I would love to have done a lot more development work mm. with the with the Vento ITC, but practical reasons because i don't have enough people mm. we don't have enough hours in the day to work mm-hmm. we couldn't actually do any more development mm. on the car and the only weakness of the car was in terms of handling okay in terms of power we haven't touched the engine from the time we first mapped it with the restrictor mm. and that's it mm. uh in terms of gearbox again the gearbox we use is the same sequential gearbox mm. out of the cup car mm. that is a bulletproof part Uh, we haven't had any issues with it. Only difference is in ITC spec, you have a manual gear lever. Uh, but the handling side of it, we made some progress towards the last round. Mm. But I think it was too little, too late. Mm. Um, so now we've been trying to do some stuff on the side, but also at the moment we are limited in terms of resource mm-hmm. because now everything mm-hmm. is going towards a new cup series. So it that's always the part where we are trying to catch up whereas somebody else our competitors you know they've got a team of guys and they're only working on the one car mm-hmm. and they can afford to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. and work on the little details mm-hmm. that make the car quicker so hopefully uh some of the work that we have done at the end of last year and what we have put in over the the course of the last i guess 5 months 4 months uh we should have something a little bit quicker so you won the championship so yeah. it was job done right yes. so that was ticked off your box but for volkswagen as a factory to enter a series don't you go in with all guns blazing and with that aim that we have to win this well uh, normally yes mm. but for us in india like i said you know we we do things differently mm. right mm. the focus on us for entering itc was not so much to win the championship but was to ensure that we develop the car and we prove the potential of the car because ultimately our focus is on trying to develop this and make the technology and the car more accessible for mm. everybody else mm. for us the customer side of it is more important okay right uh if there was some of the somebody else that was there as mm. a factory mm. for sure we would be all guns blazing mm. and we would mm. put a lot mm. of development mm. work into it mm. but today it doesn't make sense mm. right to throw huge amounts of resources into this and beat who you've got guys who are investing their hard earned money yeah. to come and race in this championship so what is the fairness if you will of me putting all the resources of a big manufacturer to compete and cream some guy who's investing his own hard earned money mm. 
it doesn't make sense mm. which is why we while we want to be there we are there to support the sport ensure the sport is growing mm. we are not throwing for example all of the resources we could at that program mm-hmm. so you mentioned this at the start about other manufacturers mm-hmm. that must be one of your greatest frustrations that you don't have anybody to compete against now if you look at it from a layman's point of view it'd be great right you don't have somebody to compete with so you are winning every race but in terms of improving the breed don't you need a strong rival to push you forward and also to get more support from your board because i'm sure you are always asked questions <laughs> about the budget that you spend and no sure. what all you're putting yeah, into yeah, the yeah. program yeah, right yeah. no i mean i think look there are two aspects to it right um we are always improving the breed and, and any competition is worthwhile competition we are always learning new mm. things uh but the dynamic is different um for example when we were competing you know we had the guys from from race concepts arjun balu yeah. and, and they were we were racing against mm-hmm. them also the team from arka you know leela's guys they put a fantastic car together yeah. and they actually came in and showed how quick the na car was at, yeah. the, at the end of last year but racing against them mentally we are dif- we have a different approach whereas if it was a manufacturer there mm. and they are putting in their development money in then for sure then it becomes more of a, about bragging rights mm. right then we would actually be in it to win the championship mm. because for us then we have to prove that we are better than manufacturer yes. a or b yeah. or c yeah. so then it becomes you know bragging rights at that level so then for sure we are mm. going to put more resources mm. into mm. it uh but for us in india you know we are not there yet and i think part of it is that as a sport i don't think we sort of showcase the fact that a manufacturer can get value out of this investment mm-hmm. and i think that's something as a promoter uh we need to get our promoters to do more mm-hmm. um that's part of it i think also uh we like i like we talked about you know why the polo is 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 still being sold right and uh, we are transitioning from this basic transport and i think maybe some of the guys doing marketing for everybody else mm. are still focused on you know the mileage and uh, you know that's ROI. it yeah and nothing else and we need to work on the more dynamic aspects mm-hmm. of it uh so yeah i can't wait to see somebody else come in i i mean think with uh, rallying however it's a different story uh with mahindra there i think what they've done with the xuv 300 that the amount of development they've mm-hmm. done with that car is phenomenal mm-hmm. it's opened our eyes for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. and we have some work to do mm-hmm. but again it's for us that is priority number 2 or 3 so why is that priority number 2 <laughs> the reason i ask you this is not because i'm a rallying fan we'll come to that later but you've got a manufacturer there yes okay you've got a manufacturer that you can go head to head with yes. you've got a car Yes. They've got an SUV. Yes. A car inherently is better handling. With the five double O, we saw that. Yeah. I drove your R two car at the Kerala rally, yeah. and I was pretty quick with yeah, the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So quick stage. Yeah. There. So the car has speed in it. Now yeah. you put a better driver than me, and you will win the rally. So why did you not put in more effort into your rally program? Because you could have had more bragging rights, right? Other than Volkswagen winning the Volkswagen Amio Cup, Volkswagen winning the Indian National Rally Championship. would be big you won it one year we won but it with the private year yeah we won it last year but those were with private year teams yes. right not with your yeah. full factory no, outfit look, uh, for us with rallying i mean it was it's a different there there are two 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 reasons for mm. that right first reason is that uh, the way we work 
is that our planning is quite far ahead mm. so that means that i need to get my approvals and budgets and so on for say 2020 is already done mm. right we mm. had all the approvals done by june or july of last year so we already knew what we were going to do for 2020 um so for us to react mm. it takes us a little longer mm. just because we are very very frugal at the moment mm. Um, I don't have the luxury of having a huge budget to throw at it. Then mm -hmm. I could invest in few more people and some mm -hmm. money and we mm -hmm. could, could definitely do something. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect. We are extremely frugal at the moment. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that, you know, with rallying, our focus has been in supporting and strengthening the sport. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, the amount of money we spend in rallying in terms of supporting all the privateers, mm -hmm. I could very easily run a very competitive two car rally team mm. with that money mm. but the minute i do that mm. i can't afford to support all the privateers mm. and so it's a question of which is better for the sport mm. okay in a way um yes i don't get the bragging rights but on the other hand you know i now go to a rally and i see half of the grid not half 75% <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, seventy-five percent is polo. Yeah, so polos, yeah. and so that to me is very satisfying. Mm. And the fact that people trust this car as their weapon of choice, mm. I think, is a is an achievement mm. in, achievement in itself. So, what does Volkswagen Motorsport do for customer racing, racing or rallying? So, uh, several things, mm. right? So, if you want to be involved in motorsport and you're looking for a car, mm. then you can come to us. you can sit down with our engineers and mm. decide in terms of which class of rallying or which mm. class of racing you want to participate mm. in mm. and the level at which you want the car built mm. and we will happily build a car for you mm. right it can be to the point where we can give you a completely turnkey group n car okay. to a completely ready to rally car for the uh, for example the INRC1 mm -hmm. uh with which is all singing all dancing r2 spec yeah. polo or we can for example build you a polo for use in um, whether it's ITC or super stock mm. and the same thing polo vento no mm. problem okay how do they get in touch with you uh the best way is you can send a mail to us at motorsport@skoda-vw.co.in okay motorsport@skoda-vw.co.in yes okay uh, obviously social media also works social media works uh, very well you guys are on what on twitter uh we are on twitter we are on insta we are on facebook so yeah so yeah so hit you up on social media your team will get in touch with them ballpark figures for a group n rally car would be approximately uh, group n rally car depending on spec again yeah. can be as low as around 10 12 lakhs okay. or as high as 18 lakhs if you go all singing all dancing so like an r2 spec car would be no an r2 uh, spec car more expensive okay. so r2 spec cars will run anywhere from around 35 to 45 lakhs 35 to 45 yeah. for an r2 spec car and the uh, same for our itc cars are in the same ballpark and what kind of support do they get after buying the car from you uh for example uh, one of the things that we do not only for our customers who are buying cars mm. from us but for all customers mm. so we ha have our engineers at every single racing event okay 
racing or rally mm-hmm. and motorsport event right so we are there so anytime you have a question whether it is dealing with chassis setup damper mm-hmm. setup or something to do with the the you know working on whether it's engine electronics whatever it may be mm-hmm. i have engineers that are always there mm-hmm. i am at most of the rallies and most mm-hmm. of the races mm-hmm. and we are happy to answer questions and guide you in terms of so you get setup. technical support at the event itself for sure for so sure. that's one yeah then and uh, we can actually if somebody really wants to mm-hmm. and they can come to us and we can work it out we can actually help run the car for you also okay. especially if it's at the race track it's easy for us to do because mm-hmm. we are there doing during the national racing yeah. championship rallying it's a little more expensive because we have to fly people out specifically to do that sure. but we are happy to do that mm-hmm. and support people mm-hmm. that way um so for us it's about strengthening the sport so and also you provide part support right definitely the part side of it is something we don't really talk about very mm-hmm. much but yeah you yeah. can buy parts from us and they're at a at a considerable discount over yeah. what you would buy yeah. otherwise over the counter yeah so we need to clarify that this is purely for motorsport use purely yeah. for motorsport so use if you've uh, pranked your car on the road you're not going to get a headlight no. headlamp chip no, no, from no, Volkswagen no, no, Motorsport no, right no definitely not yeah. um then we have our checks and that we of use course, to yeah. make sure that it happens yeah. this way but yes this is purely for competition use mm. uh, we can do all of this and same mm. thing with all our cars when you buy them from us uh it you sign a declaration that this is a competition car mm. and not for use on public roads yeah. and actually one thing we didn't talk about mm. was the RX you know you can yes. buy the RX and yeah. use it as a track day car has the development of the RX been done we've done i would say it's about 60% of the way there okay right um i think we should cycle back and talk a little bit about the rx so sure. the rx was last year's winter project mm-hmm. where uh, you and a select uh, bunch of your engineers worked on a rear engined polo yes. so it's not a mid engine but a oh, no, it's, it's actually a, a mid engine yeah so it's yeah. a mid engine polo yeah. uh, you've reversed the front end put it at the back yeah. so it's got the 1.8 uh, tsi engine sequential gearbox rear wheel drive uh, drift monster yes. i drove it for a short bit at that go karting track in nasik <laughs> and it was sliding around all over the place yeah. but like you said the setup has still to be done right yes i mean since the time you got to drive it mm. we've actually worked on it a little bit more so the car is a lot better t- than it was mm. but um uh we actually want to work on version 2 of that okay which uh, hopefully will have a little bit more power mm-hmm. i'm thinking you know about 300 should be good but can it handle the power that it's got right now yes actually it's yeah. not bad um mm. after we've set it up uh it actually is pretty decent it's it's fun to drive mm-hmm. it's chuckable mm. it points in so well mm. and it's like driving a big go kart yeah that's the great thing about that car mm. um so it just you turn it in and it points into the apex mm. without any drama uh you can put the power down on it quite easily now uh but we want it to be a little bit quicker mm-hmm. i think we it I, i always need more power of course yeah there's so, no end to it right <laughs> So, so this is not a motorsport car because no. there is no series where this can participate no, in. No, no, no. So this is a pure track day car. Yes. This is not even road legal. So it it's is a not pure track day fun car. For sure. That you just take to the race track or maybe a go-karting track or but go-karting tracks are a little no, too tight for it. No, it's just a lot more fun on a race yeah, track. So yeah. So on a race track for a Sunday Sunday drive on a race yeah, track. Yeah. Uh what kind of costing are you going to put on it? um so the 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 spec that we had it at initially was quite quite expensive mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff done on it but again i think we are targeting in that probably maybe depending on if we go to even a 300 horsepower version mm-hmm. 
it should be more than around 50, 55 lakhs at mm-hmm. the top, mm-hmm. um, which should be pretty good. And mm. the best part is with not only that car, mm. with any of our race cars, I mean, I think now we see a lot of supercar owners taking their cars yes, out and yeah, doing track days yeah. with them, right? But it doesn't work out and it's not so nice on mm, the wallet mm, when mm, you take mm, one of the supercars yeah. out because you go do a weekend of, of track use and you have a set of tires gone. You do two weekends, you've got a set of brake pads yeah. gone. Uh, then you do three weekends and a lot more maintenance yeah, to do. Yeah. Whereas if you invest that 55 or whatever, 45 to 55 lakhs, depending yeah. on whether it's one of our cup cars or, or the RX, mm. you can have a car that you can go and all you have to do is throw tires at it and throw fuel in it and mm. the thing will run and run and run. Mm. And I guarantee mm. you will have mm. a bigger smile than, than the supercar. Yeah, and that is the joy of a motorsport vehicle, right? For a sure. car that come out of a motorsport factory. Yeah. It is built to take a hammering. Yes. It's not built for comfort. It's no. not built so that you can hear the stereo at 100 kilometers yeah. an hour. It's built for pure outright hardcore use. Yes, yes, yes. And I mean, the great thing is, I think with the cup cars, we are what? In the low 50s around Chennai, mm-hmm. which is quicker than most of the supercars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're not so far away. Yeah. Have you beaten any lap records with your RX car? Or not the yet? RX. Yeah. We haven't actually had a chance to do a lap mm. record run with mm. that um, I think we'll try and do that maybe during the course of one hour one of our events this week this year mm-hmm. uh, in terms of rallying are you planning something for the 2020 season uh, the biggest plan would be in terms of getting the new engines and drive trains in so mm. we've got a lot of development work already going on with mm. that um, so that will be there and uh, let's see I mean we are trying to put a few other things together yeah. hopefully we'll, have, we'll, we'll, we'll do a lot more in rallying now yeah. let's look at the bigger picture of mm-hmm. Indian motorsport where is rallying heading in the 6-7 years the 7 years that you've been running Volkswagen Motorsport have things changed have things changed for the better for worse what would you like to see happen okay I think in terms of the media side of it mm. um, for sure last year was much better mm. um, I think uh, even before that it was sort of headed in the right direction mm-hmm. I think last year was a big step forward but um, honestly I think that you know it starts from the top right mm. as the FMSCI mm. I don't think we have enough or I don't see enough of a long term vision mm. from the FMSCI in mm. terms of where the sport is going to go mm. and what the roadmap is for the sport mm. see all of us are involved in the sport but ultimately you know we, we for example you know i you can ask me and mm. i have a very clear picture of where i want to go mm. but that's me as Volkswagen mm. right it's not the sport in general mm. so we needs a visionary mm. leader mm. for the sport Mm. that can set this long term view and then bring all of us along mm. so that we contribute and make it happen and i don't see that not only in rallying i don't see that in racing either mm. and we are so busy at the moment in terms of all the little nitty gritty stuff in terms of regulations because we have people like me involved mm. and other competitors we are all in it and we are the ones trying to formulate the rules and regulations so all of us want to try and squeeze to get some mm-hmm. advantage mm-hmm. and um, so you don't have this this group of people who are removed from the sport 
in setting this direction mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i think that's what's missing because mm-hmm. the minute you have that you have a vision you define a road map and then you bring all the people along and mm-hmm. to help make that road map come true mm-hmm. and that's what i think is missing and mm-hmm. it's not only rallying it's for racing and rallying and every other form of motorsport and is that one of the key reasons why there aren't any more manufacturers actively involved in motorsport i think that's probably part of it mm. but i think this the 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 reason for look ultimately for us to be involved i mean the reason why we we do a one make championship is because we control everything around it mm. right so we know what the messaging is we know what the value we are generating out mm. of it whether it is our media coverage whether it is our tv package whatever it may be so we already know what we are putting together mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. what to expect mm-hmm. out of it and then we can justify the investment mm-hmm. so that's the job of the promoter mm-hmm. right so when you talk about motorsport you talk about championships the promoter's job is to monetize the championship mm-hmm. and i don't think we we see that happening as well as it should mm-hmm. whether it be racing or rally mm-hmm. and so so there are several steps so one fmsci needs to set the road map mm-hmm. they need to get the right promoters on board so that the promoters have a vision and have a way of monetizing the sport mm-hmm. the minute then you have uh, a way of justifying this involvement so for example if you talk about itc mm-hmm. why is it that there is no manufacturers involved it's because okay what's a tv program yeah. what's a tv package for it mm. what is the press coverage you're generating out of it what's the value of all mm. of this so mm. if i'm able to say okay i have to invest say maybe a crore or two crores to do mm. a itc program but i'm getting media coverage or 10 crore out of mm. it mm. then any of us will find it easy to go mm. to our board mm. and say hey listen mm. if we do this mm. it's equivalent to doing 10 crores worth of uh, advertising yeah. so let's do this because mm. it's a dynamic way to showcase mm. our product mm. and this is the value we're getting out of it mm. and in addition to that we can do all the other activations with this program mm. and so that's missing right until we get that in place you can't actually go to a manufacturer mm. because i know that uh, before we sort of got the turbo class regs in and brought turbocharged cars into mm. itc uh, i've been sort of tra- working for a few years behind the scenes to try and get everybody on board and work with, with towards this i know we've invited a whole bunch of manufacturers to come and see what we are doing and nobody show, turned up i think mm. the only manufacturer that came and accepted our invite came over to have a look around was toyota mm-hmm. and that's it mm. and so i because for us but then toyota did do that racing yes, the etios yes, cup yes, racing yes. series but yeah. for 3 years and then that was it yeah, yeah. i mean so i think uh, you know every when i spoke to the guys over there they're like yeah but you guys are doing everything in house you know how do we compete mm-hmm. and every manufacturer that's in india today um have access mm. probably other than yeah i have access to motorsport programs mm. and mm. motorsport engineers yeah uh maruti has access to the people from suzuki yeah. uh tata has people from jlr jindai yeah. has uh, from hyundai has their own motorsport yeah. department uh, mahindra has yeah. their formula e and other yeah. things that they are doing yeah. So everybody and Ford has a big motorsport yes, program. Yeah. I mean, uh, Volvo has a yeah. motorsport program. So everybody, everybody has. has yeah, everybody It's, has. Yeah. Why don't they use it in yeah. India? So why do they not do it? From you as an insider slash outsider. Yeah. Why do they not do it? I so think it, it's a it value proposition. So basically, it's the promoters, the federation sure. needs to put something together to get manufacturers involved, right? 
Yes. Yeah. If you were in at the head of the federation, what would you do? Look, one thing is today we still don't know where we are going to take ITC. Mm. And to me, I'm happy that we have some major changes happening in ITC now, mm. thanks to the turbo regulations. Mm. I think this year we should have a lot more cars, turbocharged cars there. But the fact is, you know, we are ITC is the pinnacle mm. of touring car racing in India. Mm. And what are the cars that are in it? Mm. You have a couple of Ventos, mm. which you can actually go buy today, mm. and nothing else that you can go buy. True. Why? Yeah. So for viewers, uh, let's elaborate. So there's the Honda City VTEC. Yes. The 15-year-old Honda City VTEC, not yes. the current uh, VTEC. Yeah. Uh, then you earlier you had the Esteems. There are still a few Esteems. There's still a few They will continue to run. Yeah. So basically, none of the modern cars that you can go to a showroom and buy, or that you can even relate to. Yeah. Are racing yes. So, what does a spectator get out of coming to a race? That's that's exactly the point. I mean, this is something I think actually the bike manufacturers are mm. doing a much better job mm-hmm. because even though they have a lot of one make championships, yes. they also are competing against one another yeah. a little bit. So you can yeah. go and for a for an average person, average spectator, mm. you know, you go in, you mm. sit in the stands, and you watch a race. Hey, you know what? I can mm. buy that yeah. or I own the same yeah. make so yeah. for me I have then a bond with mm. that particular brand mm. and I'll support it in any way or I'll follow it and I'll do other stuff then it, that's a whole different story mm. um, so we need to work on it from the FMSAI down so it's interesting that you talk about bike manufacturers because yeah. TVS they've been in racing for I think 35-40 yes, years yes, now yes. right since they started with their mopeds yeah. they've been continuously active in racing and off late over the past 2-3 years everything all the products are getting TVS racing branding yeah. they got their race riders uh, testing their vehicles they yeah. got their race engineers involved in the road bike division right. and vice versa and there is a lot of motorsport within their products yeah. both inside in the technical side and also visually For in sure. terms of stevious racing yeah, stickers yeah, yeah, on yeah. their bikes the scooter that i ride has got tvs racing yeah. on it yeah why does Mo- volkswagen not do that why do you not have a motorsport edition polo uh, you had a Polo 1.2 Nat Asp, uh, naturally aspirated car yeah. with spoilers and a big wing, but there's no motorsport in it, right? Yeah. Why do you not have, like the GTTSI, why do you not have a cup edition, for instance? <laughs> we did have a cup edition. Yeah, but that was nothing to do with the <laughs> race cup, right? It was a combination of <laughs> yeah. stuff. I'd like to look at it that way. No, I think, um, uh, you know, we've also evolved. We are evolving mm. always. And I think... Um, you know, there is a lot more integration with, with motorsport. We, I mean, we are more integrated with, with the, the brand team now. Mm. So you will see some things happen for sure. And which is why we are we are on the booth at Auto Expo. Mm. We are part of the press conference. So this is, I would say, the beginning of a, a different Volkswagen in India. So is that part of the whole Skoda Volkswagen merger? All the five entities all grouped together under one? I think that has helped for sure, mm. right? Um, earlier, uh, we are based out of the factory. Yeah. So we were based out of Volkswagen India Private Limited. Mm. Uh, the sales and marketing was run out of uh, the Bombay office, which was Volkswagen Group Sales India Private mm. Limited. So yes, it was two separate entities. Mm. And uh, that's one. And second thing, we are, what, 130 kilometers apart. Mm. So combination of both of these, I think uh, we had our own hurdles. But now uh, we are one entity, we are one company, 
And uh, even though we are still in two different locations, I think uh, the intention is that we are a lot closely, a lot more closely associated. Mm. And uh, I think Stefan and the entire team over there are working towards this. Mm. Uh, I think one of the things also you'll notice is in terms of our One Make Championship over the past couple of years, we've evolved in terms of the story that we tell, whether mm. it is through our TV and so, uh, or all the OTT platforms mm. and so mm. on. The messaging is different mm. and we've moved away from covering it just as pure motorsport mm. where we broadcast it and we have it on um, a pure sports channel where we get like you know maybe a few or a couple of lakh people mm. actually watching mm. it to now where last year I think we had some 45 or 50 million people that had uh, that viewed all of mm. our mm. online content mm. so we've changed and we've invested quite mm. heavily in it mm. as a brand. Mm. And so we are looking at doing a lot more with this. Mm -hmm. And um, so we have got lots of things that we are working on behind mm -hmm. the scenes. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, not everything, I, well, none of it is at, I, mature enough to the point where we can talk mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. But yes, there is work happening. So now there is more integration between road cars and the motorsport side? There always or will had, be? There, there, no, well, there's more integration now in terms of the marketing side of mm -hmm. it, right? On the engineering side, there always has been integration, mm -hmm. right? Because all of the R&D side was based at the Pune plant, mm. we are an extension of R&D. Mm. So, for example, when we had all the cars that in rallying, mm. so the failures that we had mm. uh, were in rallying, mm. a lot of that information get fed, gets fed back to R&D. So, mm. when they're working on the next generation of cars or next generation mm. of product, they take some of this information and mm. then they make the product more robust. Mm -hmm. So that has been happening, mm. that continues to happen mm. and not only in that way but the cool thing is that because we are with motorsport as you're aware, mm. you know our timelines are extremely tight. Mm. So we have the ability of making magic happen. Mm -hmm. So the R&D guys use us a lot of times for whether it's developing a prototype or whether it is evaluating some new ideas that they may have. So it isn't the final evaluation per se, but we can do a very quick evaluation and tell them, yes, it's worth pursuing or not. Okay. So once we say, yes, this is worth pursuing, then they go back and they do the big long process that they have in terms of evaluating an idea and bringing it from a design stage to, a, to, a, to having something that's mm -hmm. saleable to a customer. Mm -hmm. uh, coming back to the bike uh, yeah. example, for bike races, you see a lot of spectators yes. in the stands. Yes. In the recent times I've come for one of your races, there've been nothing, nothing, no spectators. What is the problem? Why do you not have spectators at your races? Because aren't those, those guys who will eventually become drivers or followers for your program? Well, um, yes, I would love to do a lot more with spectators. But again, I think for us, uh, the way we've sort of moved the program in terms of budgets, mm. I don't have the luxury of spending a lot of money doing activations. Mm. So we haven't done enough. Mm. Uh, we are working on trying to do more. Mm. But the big problem is also, I think, infrastructure. So, for example, if you go to a BIC, mm. right, you have this massive big grandstand mm. that's there permanent structure mm. you've got toilets there you've got place there for vendors to set up and sell food and so on so it's easy for us to then activate and bring uh, guests in sure. so ultimately uh, you know the way I look at it a spectator who's coming to one of our events is a guest of ours mm -hmm. so I need to be able to look after them in mm. terms of 
providing for the basic necessities. Mm. It doesn't mean that I have to cater food for them, right? Mm. But at least there needs to be a place for them, clean toilets, mm. a place that they can get water, a place mm. they can get food. Mm. So all of this for us to do and set the infrastructure up is a huge chunk of money, which um, at the moment we don't have the luxury of spending. Mm. Mm. But we are working on trying to do something. Mm. I know that the guys at MMSC are, and the MMRT are working on setting up a permanent grandstand. Okay. So they've been working towards that. Hopefully that will come up fairly soon. Mm. The minute mm. that comes up, then it becomes easier for, for us to do these activations. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, uh, that's, it's purely a financial thing for us. Uh, if I had more money mm. and I didn't have to spend it on my cars then mm. for sure I would do that but mm. every mm. every rupee we get we are mm. spending it on running mm. the one make championship and in supporting rallying do you think there's a bit of fatigue associated with the racing that you've been doing okay you've been switching body shells yeah but the format has remained more or less the same uh, stuff like push to pass that you all have been talking about mm-hmm. for years that is still not coming yeah not that I'm saying the push to pass will bring out 10,000 spectators but it's the same format it's the True. same cars True. Uh, your drivers also okay you get fresh drivers every yeah. year but these are not big names that will draw in a crowd no so but- how do you bring how do you inject some more life into your motorsport activities 10 years of the cup racing yeah uh, what's next how what do you do to reset and really go the next level okay so there are two aspects to this right um, I think the cup series the way we run it is essential for India mm. the reason is that we are now the entry point for people getting into motorsport mm. we don't have karting as strong as it used to be mm. um, so earlier where we used to run our series where we used to take everybody from karting into our mm. championship. That mm. was because there was a huge influx of young drivers mm. into mm. karting. Mm. And I think overall the sport has sort of stagnated over the past few mm. years, right? So karting is the foundation. Mm. The minute you have fresh blood coming into karting, they will graduate then into whether it's uh, the, the FLGB mm. or the MRF 1600 mm. or whatever, 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 mm. or to mm. our championship. Mm. So if that happens, then I can always look at running a championship with cars that are more on edge. Mm. But we are now the entry point. Mm. So the reason why our championship has stayed the way it is is because it's working. Mm. Every year I have... 1,500, 1,600 people that want to be a part of the championship. Mm. And then we whittle it down to where 100, 100, 120 Mm. people that come for driver selection, out of which we pick about 20 drivers. Mm. So that's something that's still going on. There Mm. is still excitement Mm. about it. Mm. But to get the sport really more exciting, actually, we need to graduate away and we need to compete against everybody else, which was the entry point for us to get into ITC. But that is where the focus should be. Mm. And that's where we need to leverage our presence and leverage what we are doing to sort of make sure that we are competing, make sure there's more excitement Mm. and also make it the program that everybody comes to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, But that actually, unfortunately, we are one of the stakeholders. We Mm. are not the uh, be all and end all of that championship. So it's difficult. I mean, we are pushing, Mm. but... We are, like I said, one stakeholder Mm. and we have to also be careful because Mm. the majority of people are privateers Mm. and uh, this is something that, you know, we cannot push them to go into a direction where, yes, 
for us it makes sense mm-hmm. but then it becomes something that is unsustainable from a privateer perspective mm-hmm. i want to talk about your partners also you have now mrf as yes. your tire partner how do you develop tires with mrf um well they actually have been a very active partner with the program right mm-hmm. um the amount of effort that they put in for our tires is unbelievable mm-hmm. um and it's great so for example when we started the program uh, i think we did i can't remember the number of days of mm-hmm. testing we did mm-hmm. uh, when we switched over to mrf at the beginning but i know then if i remember correctly we had i think four or five different compounds and we had i think about three or four different constructions of each compound okay right so we evaluated all so that's like of these 20 25 different kind of tires yes so we evaluated all of these combinations and permutations mm. and then we sort of shortlisted things down to about three or four and then we started looking at okay what can we do how is it how reliable is it how robust is mm. this compound mm. how long will it last mm. what's the drop off we are looking at and so on i know that some of the stuff we've tried with mm. them we can get tires that are 3 to 4 seconds a lap quicker than what we are running today so why are you not doing that because ultimately for us we want the tire to be consistent mm-hmm. right so if the tire today i can do 40 to 50 laps mm. on a set of tires mm. and on the 50th lap maybe i'm a second and a half off of the first lap mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible mm-hmm. and for a one make championship that's what you want mm. if i was doing for example the itc mm. i'd want the 3 second a lap quicker tire mm. for sure mm. and i know they can go even more than that mm. they have the technology mm. they're doing a lot of r&d mm. i think Uh, it's they are actually doing world class stuff mm-hmm. because i've had the fortunate uh, i mean uh, I, i've been very fortunate to have worked with a lot of the international tire manufacturers mm. in my previous career mm. and some of the stuff that we are doing with mrf mm. is on par or above what i worked with at the top level of motorsport really yeah. like what uh so for example uh when we were working with the guys from Avon when we were mm. doing tire development for us when we were doing it on the panels mm. uh we did i think they again because it wasn't a custom tire for mm. us mm. it was something off the shelf that they had to sort of modify for us a little bit we were able to get one level of work but when we were working with uh, Michelin it was something incredible uh i mean we had a Michelin engineer could walk up and tell you yep Okay, uh at when we were racing at Le Mans, he would be at 3 in the morning. I'm like, okay, he will tell me, yes, the track temperature is this, ambient air temperature is this. You know what? This is the compound you need to run and I guarantee you you are going to be 2 seconds a lap quicker than the tire you're on now. Mm-hmm. And that thing you can do a triple stint mm-hmm. on, no dramas. Mm-hmm. And we would do it and mm-hmm. we would get that result. Mm-hmm. Uh with MRF again, I think uh you know, they've got uh, Sundar who's our partner over there who does all of the engineering for the mm-hmm. tires. Mm-hmm. Incredible amount of experience. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he can tell you that if you do this, this is what you get. and it's it's it is a partnership mm. right so they rely on us to provide them the data mm. then they will analyze it and come back to us with solutions so mm. we the reports that go back and forth mm. are quite intense quite complex with lots of lots of data that are going across 
And then it's, it's so much easier for them to take all of this information and say, ah, okay, so this is what we've got. Okay, so this is what you need. Mm. So it's been a fantastic relationship. So it's been three, four years working with four MRF? Years. Four years. Yeah. Uh, since the first set of tires that you all raced on yeah. to the ones that you all are racing on, say, at the end of last year, how much quicker have the tires become? Actually, we've, we've not gone quicker. Okay. The reason is that uh, when uh, ITC moved to 17-inch tires, mm-hmm. Uh, we actually went harder with the compound. Okay. And the reason we went harder with the compound was because uh, when we first tested with the ITC cars, with the Vento Cup car, we could do 45 laps mm. on a set of tires. ITC cars were burning up tires after five laps. That's because of the power. Uh, it's not necessarily power. I think it's a combination of everything. Okay. Right? Um, so the ITC cars, when they were running with the 15-inch tires... Mm have bigger sidewall mm. so that means that tire doesn't react as violently as the the, the, the short sidewall yeah. tire the smaller mm. sidewall and i think the the way they were driving the way they had the car set up and also the fact that the cars were so much lighter mm. the tires got tire and car combination the chassis combination worked a certain way mm. the minute you change the tire you actually have to go back and work on the chassis mm. and they hadn't done that when we were testing i think they went back and have done a lot of them mm. have gone back and done it which mm. is why they are able to get the life out of the tires now mm. and we are now at the stage where okay we can actually go back softer mm. um, so this is something we are actually in discussions with uh, mm. MRF about. So let's see how it pans out over the next sort of couple of months. Uh, Sirish, before you came to India, uh, before you started, uh, no, worked on, you were working on tuna cars and all that before working with uh, joining Volkswagen Motorsport, you had a uh, solid international career yeah. in America at Le Mans. What, what got you into motorsport and what all did you do? Oh, wow. Uh, actually, you know, I've always been a car nut. Mm. I wouldn't say a car nut, I've been a petrol head. Okay, you've been a guy. Every boy is a car nut, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, I think um, probably the, the cool thing for me was that uh, my mom, when she was in India, uh, used to be involved in all the gymkhanas and stuff that used to happen. Okay. Um, I had an uncle who always was doing something or the other to his car, Mm -hmm. you know, shaving the head over here, different exhaust, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mikuni carb Mm -hmm. or a Mm -hmm. Weber carb or whatever. So he's always been doing different stuff. Um, Then I had another, this is my mom's brother. Mm -hmm. And the other brother was the guy who was into anything with bikes. So he used to do some motocross stuff and do some hill climbs and stuff on his bikes. so that was always there. And I think the big step, or the, I was fortunate enough that my parents moved to the US. Mm. Then suddenly everything was so much more accessible. Mm. Mm. So right from the time I was in, in high school, uh, on weekends I used to go with, uh, I mean, my neighbors were into cars and stuff. So I used to go help them with stuff on the racetrack. Mm. And that's how I sort of got involved into the professional motorsport side of it. Then when I was at uh, engineering at Purdue, uh, it was the same thing. You know, we I did the Formula SAE back then. Mm. Uh, there was only one competition then at, mm. at the Detroit uh, Silverdome parking lot. Mm. So I did that, and while I was working on that program and I was finding sponsors mm. and so on, I got in touch with uh, Pi Research, mm-hmm. who was a company that was specialized in data acquisition yeah. and electronic control systems. Mm. And that's how I got my first, uh, second job, actually. 
So the first job was there was that was one, and there was another company called uh, Motorsport Spares mm. in Indianapolis. Uh, they were sort of dealers for a lot of motorsport parts, whether you're talking about brakes, uh, you know, uh, air equipped hoses, and so on. So I used to call and bug them so much mm. for parts and discounts and everything. They mm. said, "Hey, listen." You know, we set up a, a, during the month of May, uh, which is Indie Month. Uh, we set up a, a shop at the Speedway. I need some help uh, for somebody to come and look after that. Are you interested? Mm. I jumped at it. Mm. So I was there. I used to every day in the morning wake up, mm. go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to open up the shop over there and sell parts to all these mm. race teams. Mm. And um, so that was one summer. Then uh, the next summer, I was working for Pi Research doing. Uh, that was when they were launching the system one which is their karting data acquisition system mm-hmm. and so i got involved then with them and i actually got to work with a lot of the you know now famous race car drivers you know your patrick longs and danica patricks and so on mm-hmm. uh, ryan hunter ray all of these guys i remember seeing them as little kids mm-hmm. uh, in karts and so i got to work with all of them of course then i did a good enough job with that mm-hmm. that um, i ended up doing a lot of different stuff with Pi Research. I was involved in supporting their different teams all over the place, whether it was uh, karting, you know, did Indy Lights, Formula Atlantics, sports car racing. Uh, I used to go to Montreal to support the F1 race over there. I was there as one of the people that was helping with uh, with some of the teams that were running our kit back then. Mm. Um, so I got a chance to do a lot of this stuff. Got to work with uh, Top Fuel Dragsters, a little bit of NASCAR stuff. So I got to see a lot of motorsport, mm. tremendous amount of exposure, opened my eyes. Mm. And then I was given an opportunity to work for Panos uh, when they entered into sports car racing. Uh, so I was the dedicated uh, support engineer for them. Every time a Panos ran, I was mm. there with uh, from Pi Research. Mm. Of course, then they said, you know what? Uh, we don't want to go through Pi. We want you to come and work. We've got other things also we want you to do. Um, this was my boss back then, a guy called Tony Dow. Mm. Right? So Tony is is the guy that used to run Jaguar's uh, sports car program, oh, really? the TWR okay. program mm-hmm. in North America. So he hired me. Mm. And then from there, I progressed into being one of the race assistant engineer and then a race engineer. And then I started looking after all the, the, the customer cars. So I, that was the, the best part. Mm. And I actually used to do some design work also on the cars, mm. so back to my mechanical engineering roots, right? So I did that. And so I had, uh, I've been very, very, very fortunate mm. to be able to experience that. What was Le Mans like? Uh, you know what? We can talk for three days. <laughs> um, did you sleep at all for those 24 hours? No, actually, you don't sleep for about 40 hours. Okay. Right? Because you get there on, well, when, when I was doing it, I did it, I think, seven years mm. or something like that. Uh, when I was doing it, the race used to start at four. Mm. Now it starts at three, mm. and um, so you would get there at probably like by seven in the morning, if I remember correctly, on a Saturday morning mm. for the warm up, mm. and then you're on it all the way till you finish and go home on Sunday night mm-hmm. to the hotel, which is usually around nine p.m. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the race finishes around four. But then you have to pack everything into the garages, so that takes mm. a few hours. Mm. Then you have to wait for the cars to be released from mm. from uh, Park for me. So by the time they get done, come back seven seven thirty, you're done, or maybe maybe eight o'clock. Then you get back to the hotel, have dinner, chill out. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night on mm. Sunday, you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. 
that was an absolutely incredible experience and there's no race like that nothing in the world compares now does the indy 500 compare to that no i think indy 500 cannot i mean indy 500 is different yeah. okay but i think the reason lamont is lamont okay from from my perspective mm. right because i you're awake the whole time mm. you are so tired mm. at the end of the day and the see indy 500 you've got like you know two and a half mile no problem anything happens you know you can make it back to pits mm. without too many dramas mm. at lamont you're talking about eight and a half miles of track mm. and you have tremendous amount of weather change occurring over the course of the 24 hours and uh, i think um, you know as they say in uh, i think um, audi's uh, truth in 24 right? yeah yes that captures a lot yeah, of it of yeah. course steve mcqueen's lemo yeah. and now ford versus ferrari yeah. you know it always rains at lemo i think mm. there's been only one year where we had no yeah. rain that i in all the years i've been there um but it's because it is so long mm. and you are so tired and you've been awake for so long you are so emotional at the end of the 24 hours mm. and just finishing le mans mm. is a bigger achievement than winning a lot of other races mm-hmm. and uh, so for me i'm fortunate i think we finished fifth mm. uh, which is the best finish for a panos um so i'm proud of that mm. uh being you know this young 20 something year old indian origin mm. engineer mm. and uh, running this car over there i think it was a phenomenal achievement and uh, that's something i will never ever ever forget uh, but uh, indy 500 back then in the uh, sort of late 80s early 90s was a different animal to what it is today Mm. the crowd that we used to get at indianapolis was incredible i mean uh, i know people that used to wait for people literally i mean it sounds very morbid when i mm. say it but people you would only get seats at the, in the stands if somebody died and didn't renew their seats <laughs> right otherwise nobody would you would never mm. be able to buy s- mm. seats in the stands at mm. indy whereas today it's different i mean you can actually get seats whenever you want uh, almost so it was different but even then that doesn't compare to what it is i mean i think we used to have 400,000 plus people in attendance at lamont uh, you're doing this you've got the best of the best in terms of manufacturers the best of the best in terms of drivers and of course engineers and you're all pushing each other and lamont the big thing is that eight and a half miles So back then we used to use probably 8 liters 8 plus liters a lap. And you had a 90 liter tank. Mm-hmm. And so you are struggling mm-hmm. to get the maximum fuel economy out of the car because if you come in when you have if if you, if you don't optimize fuel economy mm-hmm. you don't have enough to do that mm. one extra lap mm. and if you don't do the extra lap that means that you're giving up and you're coming in for a pit stop one lap earlier than everybody yeah. else so you'll end up doing one or two pit stops you, more than yeah, your exactly. competitors yeah. yeah so it's it's such a unique experience so listen i think you're right we'll be talking about this for the next 3 hours <laughs> uh, let's uh, sort of end i want to end with careers yeah how does somebody become a sirish visa How does somebody get involved in motorsport? What are the opportunities and avenues available in India? Um I would say in India unfortunately avenues are quite limited. Uh there is us, there are a few other companies who are doing things on a professional so level. So you do you have an internship program? We do have interns that keep coming in okay. through our program. Uh, How do they apply? 
so uh, the best way is to same thing and okay. they reach out to us motorsport at skoda-volkswagen.co.in skoda-vw okay motorsport at skoda-vw.co.in yeah okay so uh, i think that's the best way to reach out to us and uh, we do have internships but technical internships fewer than we have marketing and everything else mm-hmm. um other than that you know that's the best way i'm hoping that uh, we have some development going on with the with the racing league over there okay because the minute that comes in and it gets motorsport more professional i think mm-hmm. it'll open up uh, the racing ideas. league you're talking about the x1 racing league x1 which aditya and yes. arman have yes. floated yes yes okay yes. So I'm hoping that that kicks off and they do a, they they are able to sort of keep that going, mm. and I think that's what we need. Other than that, it's a tough. It isn't easy to to build a career in motorsport in India mm-hmm. uh, because the jobs are so limited. Mm. Uh, you have to go international, and to go international, motorsport is still very traditional in a mm. way. In that, unless you bring something super special to the mm. table, mm. the only way of doing it is you have to do it like an apprenticeship. Right okay. so you go and start somewhere any job mm. and you have to work your way up mm. because this is a sport that is very very close mm. uh it's a tight family mm. and so we don't allow people to come in <laughs> very easily and so you have to come in work your way up i mean mm. i've done everything from wash rims to you know do tires mm. to everything else mm. before i got a break mm. and it's the same way mm. i mean i i can't think of any other So Answer. you are saying marketing would be an easier way to get yes. into motorsport? Yes. So you don't have to be an engineer, right? You, you can learn on engineer. the job. Yes, for sure. Yeah. In India you will. Mhm. Yeah, you'll have to do it, yeah. right? Yep. So marketing would be a good way, social media would be a good yes, way definitely. because now you need to reach out to a wider audience. Yeah. What better way than social media, right? For sure. Yeah. Uh your group Okay, Audi has always done a lot of motorsport. Yeah, Skoda is very big into rallying. A yeah. lot of other forms of motorsport. Yeah. Why only Volkswagen? Well, um, honestly speaking, um, I think we are trying to see, and I know there there's been discussions with Skoda about mm-hmm. doing something in in motorsport in India, but nothing's materialized mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Audi's perspective or Porsche's perspective, for the matter. Mm-hmm. they don't have an avenue for them to do anything in india mm-hmm. right they are involved at the sharp end of the stick mm-hmm. so to speak you know whether it's the gtlm cars mm-hmm. or you're talking about the r8 lms and all the other stuff mm-hmm. those are expensive cars mm-hmm. you're talking mm-hmm. about cars that are 350 to 500000 euro per car mm-hmm. and it requires a budget of a few hundred thousand or a million euro to yeah. run for a season yeah. but first thing is there is no championship mm-hmm. for them to run in india mm-hmm. and in addition to that when you look at it as a business mm. right when you sell a few thousand cars a year mm. how do you make that viable when you're now suddenly spending couple of million euros mm. to try and do something mm. like this mm. so it doesn't make sense in mm. india yet mm. but you never know i think uh, like we've had for example f1 had a brief stint in india if we get somebody like uh, asian lamor series or we get the uh, blank pass series mm. come through india mm. then for sure i think it will interest some of these guys but other than that i don't see an easy way actually yeah. uh you make race cars in india you make rally cars in india yeah. why do you not have a export program or do you have an export program we do not at the moment mm-hmm. and the reason is that uh, we still are using the pq platform mm-hmm. whereas everybody else has moved on to the mqb yeah so the reason why we haven't is mm-hmm. because that's one aspect And the second thing is the minute you start talking about an export customer program mm. 
you need to do a lot more in terms of the way you engineer the car mm-hmm. and how well it's engineered mm. because now you cannot ha- afford to have an engineer at every event mm. so mm. your documentation and all of this needs to be a lot more meticulous mm-hmm. and for us to do that we are not equipped to do mm. at the moment mm. uh, that would require at least 3 or 4 more engineers to be able to get all of this in mm. place mm. Uh, but that is something that we would like to do in the future mm. because we are moving also to mqb mm. and uh, Uh, for us we would like to do a lot more in the region so mm. we, for we would love to do something in sri lanka maybe malaysia indonesia yeah, all of the southeast yeah. asian side of it and of course you've also got countries like you know the dubai and mm. uh, and um, abu dhabi and yeah, places yeah. where they have uh, tracks they are doing a lot of track days mm, and stuff mm. we, we are looking at doing things mm, there but mm. nothing yet yeah uh, you'd be excited with uh, skoda volkswagen's first mqb product For it's sure. an SUV, yes. right? Uh, do you have your eyes set on the Red Deer Himalaya or the Desert Storm? I think it would make sense to do something like that, but I, I I'm not sure if uh, Red is still happening because I know it didn't run last yeah. year. I'm not yeah. sure what's happening over there. But if they do run it like that, I mean that would be an ideal place mm-hmm. to launch something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to do it. Mm. I just have to convince my board now. Yeah, you just have to get the budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, final question. the drivers now the polo cup vendo cup emo cup it's all grassroots motorsport yes. your whole aim is to grow and develop drivers yeah. take drivers to the next level yeah uh, today if you win the emo cup where do you go to so if what you, do you get so let if you take take one step back yeah. right so if you come into the championship we run essentially two concurrent championship with our cup series yeah. so you run a junior and you run a pro yeah so the junior means that you are under 26 years and you've raced in less than 8 races anywhere mm-hmm. in a car mm. so that makes you a junior mm. so the minute you're a junior if you win that mm. you get an a sponsor drive into the pro category for the next season okay if you win the pro category mm. you get a sponsor drive into our ITC car mm-hmm. we used to put them into a single seater earlier yeah but i we found that not everybody is able to transition from a touring car to a single seater mm-hmm. and uh, from a career point of view i think a touring car makes more sense mm. because you've got a lot more tcr championships and mm. things running globally and then from there to gt racing yeah. that makes a lot more sense than going to single seater because f1 is already not achievable mm. for everybody because yeah. unless you start karting at 3 or 4 or 5 yeah. you're not going to get there yeah. so we've started doing that mm. and then also we always do a driver exchange program so if you with the championship not only do you get a, a, an ITC drive for the next season but you also get to go and race in something like Polo Cup South Africa which is mm. extremely competitive mm. yeah because the south africans come to india yeah. they haven't seen the race track yeah. and immediately they're whooping us <laughs> what does that tell you about the kind of drivers that we have over here i think that uh, you know that's the reason why we bring them over right mm. so the idea for us to bring them over is that we want to show what the benchmark is set a benchmark as to where levels are so you can recalibrate yourself mm. because if you're winning everything mm. in a small little championship mm. then you know you, you always feel like you're the champion of the world yeah. but then somebody comes in and then whoops your butt mm. then you're like oh maybe i have some more improvement yeah. to do and that's the reason why we do it and that's the reason why we also take them over there because mm. doing it here is one thing but going over there and gives you an idea how competitive the sport is mm. globally mm. and that then is a good way for them to move mm. forward 
What do you think of the talent pool that we have here? You know what? Um, we actually have a lot more undiscovered talent. Mm. The reason is that, you know, with our championship, it's still quite expensive for India, mm. even though it's heavily subsidized. Mm. Uh, it's nine and a half lakhs a year, which is still quite pricey. It's not mm. achievable for the average middle class person. Yeah. And also, most of the people that come into our championship come from the metros. We are not going out to the tier two, tier three mm. cities yet. Mm. And that's where I think we will find the next great talent. Mm. And I think we are always trying to put and make this program self-sustaining in the sense that we are trying to get better partners in. I know Venkis is one of our partners. Mm. They put in a lot of money into our program. Mm. And we are working with other people like Venkis to try and grow this into a sport where we can offer... Uh, more of a subsidy mm. for these drivers and try to bring them in mm. so that's the goal I hope we get there soon mm. um, and that's what we need to do because then we can actually find these drivers that would otherwise not get discovered mm. bring them in and then give them a career path and break them grow into something else the current drivers that we have do you see anybody having potential um, yes for sure I mean I think uh, I don't need to mention Jehan uh, yeah. Narwala is doing really well yeah, yeah. Uh, both uh, I think uh, Arjun and Kushmani for sure uh, they already represent mm. India on a global platform mm. uh, when you talk about uh, touring car side of it I think uh, Karthik Tarani who's come through our program mm. is definitely a future talent mm. um, and other than him you've got you know Anindit Reddy mm. lots of talent over there mm. those two guys are people to keep your eyes open mm. Uh, and of course coming through our series we've got a couple of Bangladeshi drivers who are pretty quick Great. Okay. and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. we've got uh, a few more drivers who have been part of our series that are very very quick mm-hmm. um, that I think need to make that big step mm-hmm. so there is a lot of talent out there yeah. not all of whom are able to sustain it mm-hmm. and that's where we need to try and find more partners I hope you do. I hope you do find more partners and I hope the Polo Cup grows into something even bigger. I hope you do more in terms of rallying also. And uh, I wish you all the best for the 2020 season. Thank you very much. And, uh, we'll see you in Delhi next week yes, for the for sure. unveil of your Polo Cup car. Uh, I hope it's got mad wings and all that. And I hope. I have no idea. Yeah, and I hope <laughs> that translates into something from the road car side. So that you know, yeah. people can directly make that relation that this is the car that's racing on yeah. the track and this is the car that I can buy on the road. And that is what I hope will help your whole motorsport effort. Thank you. We are, we are trying. We are trying. Thanks, Sirish. Thank you for making time. Oh, Always pleasure. a pleasure talking pleasure. to you. I know this has been a long podcast, but <laughs> there's so much to talk about in terms of Indian motorsport. If you like this podcast, do like, subscribe, share. Give us your feedback. Let us know what we're doing right and wrong. And next week, we'll see you for our Auto Expo podcast. It's going to be a huge week for the Indian automotive industry. Lot of launches from the Volkswagen Group. We're going to see the new Skoda SUV, the new VW SUV, the new SUVs to take on the Seltos, Creta. Uh, Their big push for India with the MQB platform. A whole load of new manufacturers coming in. It's going to be exciting times for For the Indian industry. Hopefully exciting times for Indian motorsport. Hopefully all your fellow manufacturers manufacturers will also have some motorsport concepts and some concrete plans for doing racing slash rallying slash bike racing in India. Uh, Hope you like the podcast and see you next week. Bye.